In Western societies where the most basic notions of right and wrong are not only denied but actively suppressed, recovering a biblical and distinctly Christian understanding of the natural law is absolutely essential. Aaron Wolf of Chronicles Magazine talking about his presentation at this summer's Issues Etc. Making the Case conference. Traditionally, Christians have understood that man is not born a blank slate just waiting to be programmed like a machine. We are moral creatures whose imaginations are darkened by sin. Yet every person still has a basic understanding of right and wrong, because God has revealed it to us in his creation through natural law. Denying the vital role of natural law has grave consequences, not only for society, but for the church's crucial task of proclaiming the gospel. You can meet and hear Aaron Wolf making the case for natural law Friday, June 9th and Saturday, June 10th at the Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference in Collinsville, Illinois. For more information, visit issuesetc.org. They're among some of the most famous verses in the Old Testament. Isaiah 53, we're actually going to be hearing this on Good Friday as the church prepares and celebrates the death of Jesus Christ on Good Friday. And among those words about this suffering servant are the words, by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, verse 5. So, is that a blank check on healing? If you have cancer, can you say, all right, by his stripes we are healed? That means God is going to heal my cancer When I pray, and if I just pray with enough faith, then certainly he will heal my cancer. It's This Week in Pop American Christianity. Today, Isaiah 53, 5, By His Stripes We Are Healed, and how it's used in Pop American Christianity. Pastor Chris Rosebro joins us. He's pastor of Consfinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota, host of a daily internet talk show called Fighting for the Faith. Chris, welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Todd. I am going to read the entire verse here, verse 5. We could read the whole thing, because context is king, but it says... He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. With his stripes we are healed. That's how the fifth verse reads. Is that last part a blank check from God on physical healing here in this life? Well, the televangelists, uh, guys like Kenneth Copeland and the Word of Faith guys, they would have you believe that that is the case, but that is patently not the case. In the context there in Isaiah 53, the healing that is referred to is not necessarily our physical healing. I'll put a kind of a caveat there, because if you want to talk in what sense physical healing is addressed there, we're going to have to talk about the resurrection, uh, the, the, the resurrection when Jesus returns on the last day. So in one sense, you can say, oh yeah, we are all who are in Christ, we are physically healed, and the promise of that is referring to the resurrection. Um, but that's not what's actually being referred to here. This is the healing uh, and reconciliation between us and God. You'll notice it says, He's borne our griefs, He's carried our sorrows. We've esteemed Him stricken and smitten by God, and He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, and upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. This is literally talking about, by Christ's death on the cross, the, 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 the what's been healed is our estranged relationship with God. 
Um, and that's an important thing. But the, over and again, the televangelists, the Word of Faith heretics, will basically say, you know, you just need to grab this promise, because what's promised here is physical healing for everybody who's in Jesus. And and you gotta act, you gotta kind of activate this by your faith, your words, and things like that. And so what they end up doing is deceiving people, and deceiving people in a way that can literally shipwreck someone's faith because they're making a promise for God that God hasn't actually made. And if you do some work in the cross references in Scripture, that becomes very apparent. But they don't want you to do that because. You know, what they're really trying to do is make merchandise of people and get a lot of people believing that they can activate this promise through their faith. And that's not really what's going on here. So you've brought some examples. What are we going to hear first? We're actually, we're going to be hearing from a camp meeting from the 1990s. Kenneth Hagen uh, was alive back then, and he's kind of the great-grandfather, if you would, of many of today's televangelists. And what's fascinating is is that this particular uh, occasion, Kenneth Copeland and his wife Gloria Copeland are right there in the audience on the front row, although you can't see it because it's radio. And Kenneth Hagen is going to give the standard Word of Faith heresy twisting of this text and one of its cross-references in First uh, Peter, and uh, tell a, a, quite a story, if you would, apparently, of how this verse, if properly applied using your faith, will always result in your healing. Ken, you and Craig come over and lay hands on those handkerchiefs, the claws. Amen. Point your hand out toward these handkerchiefs or claws. They're laid up there for somebody that's sick. Father's hands are laid upon these claws. We believe you to work special miracles. So that from his body they was brought under the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. The diseases departed from them. The evil spirits went out of them. Now as they lay hands upon these claws, the anointing, the healing anointing, flows into these claws and saturates them. And as they're laid on the body of the sick, that power will be transmitted unto the body or bodies. The disease or diseases will depart from them. The evil spirits will go out of them. And we'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now then, earlier when we began, we uh, quoted... Isaiah 53, 5. Surely he has borne our sicknesses, carried our diseases, as, as, as Matthew quotes it in Matthew 8, 17. Literally said, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was born. With his stripes we are are healed. Matthew 8, 17. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. First Peter two twenty four, who his own body on no tree bore our sins, that we might live unto righteousness. By whose stripes ye were. See Peter's looking back. If we were, then I was, and if I was, I am. All right, that was an interesting little trick he played there. Um, <laughs> explain it to us and uh, respond, if you would, to Kenneth Hagin's assertion. 
All right. So you'll note he began with uh, what I call sacramental hankies. He's claiming to be operating in healing anointing here. And so he's taken Isaiah 53 out of context, makes reference to Matthew 8:17, which is a cross-reference there, but then gets into the verbs in 1 Peter chapter 2, where it says he himself, uh, starting at verse 24, bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been or you were healed. So there you go. Because it says you were healed, that means your healing has already taken place in the past tense. Therefore, all you have to do, and we're going to see him as he works more with this text, is to operate in the belief that the past tense healing has already occurred in Jesus. Therefore, if you need healing, well, it's it's there for you. Now, I would make one little bit of a note, and this is why I chose Kenneth Hagin for this particular example, is that Kenneth Hagin has been dead for a while. Um, So um, apparently he failed to activate his healing, and now he's gone into uh, eternity. Um, And so the question, of course, is, is Peter here saying that uh, we were healed, so all we have to do is activate this by faith, and then we can be healed? I would note that ever since the time of the apostles, Christians have died of all kinds of various diseases and all kinds of different ailments, you know, from cancer to flus to bad head colds to name whatever diseases come down the pike, malaria or what have you. And so the question is, why is it that all of these Christians have died, including Kenneth Hagin, if what is meant here is that all we have to do is recognize that we were healed and then we will be healed if that's really what this text is about? And so you'll notice he's not really trying to teach what this text is. He's kind of poured his own meaning into the text and ignored the context. What's next, Chris? All right, so he's going to continue kind of telling the, you know, telling stories about this text and getting on to a woman that apparently needed to be healed and and he was able to facilitate her healing by helping her understand how, how the verbs work in these texts. Well, this dear woman they carried her because she couldn't walk and she can't come back. And so I said to her, uh, "Did you know Jesus has healed you?" She looked at me, saw the start, I said, you can see she's still sitting there crippled, you know. Said, oh, has he? I said, yeah, I'll prove it to you by the word. I got my Bible, laid it on her lap, had her to read 1 Peter 2.24, several times. Then I said, may I ask you a question? She said, yeah. I said, now, is were past tense, future tense, or present tense? She no anointing, anointing already lifted me. The people like, you know. And so, she... She looked, I mean, you could see it. Her eyes lit up. Her face lit up. Why, she said, if we were healed, I was. But now that I'm standing right here looking at her, I can see the devil's coming back to her mind. You see the expression on her face change. The devil's trying to tell her, well, if you was healed, how come you're still sitting here crippled? So to keep her out of the mental realm and keep her in. See, if I can hold people in the spirit realm, I can get them healed every time. I mean, a hundred times out of a hundred. Because healing is spiritual. So to keep her out of the mental realm, I got her to I said, real, real quick, I said, sister, will you do what I tell you? Well, she said, I will if it's easy. 
I said, the easiest thing you ever did in your life. Lift up both hands and start praising God because you are healed. Not going to be are. I wish you could have seen it. She began to smile. Oh, Lord. She said, I'm so glad I'm not crippled anymore. You know how tired I got, she said, sitting around those four years helpless. Oh, I'm so glad I don't have to be waited on anymore. She's still sitting there. Ain't got, you know, still crippled. Oh, I'm so glad my knees are healed. My legs are healed. Oh, I said, this all praise God with it because she is healed. We all praise God. Then I turned around. She sat down and pointed to her and said, now my sister arise and walk in Jesus' name. She leaped up and danced and danced and leaped and all over the front of the church. All right, Chris, what's your response before we take our break? Um, well, obviously, now he's telling a story with an unnamed woman, which, of course, I'd love to see the medical records on that. Don't you think that would be yeah, that would make like the, you know, the national news if somebody who was in a wheelchair all of a sudden started actually walking and was truly healed? But again, what he's doing is he's playing games with this text. And I would point out using some cross references that scripture, you know, literally makes it clear that when we are physically in need and need healing, for instance, James 5, chapter 13 says, if anyone is among you suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing. If anyone is among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And then you think of uh, it, you know, in Timothy, First Timothy chapter five, verse twenty-three. Timothy apparently suffered from ailments at a re- at regular intervals, so much so that Paul writes to Timothy. Uh, no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. And you'll note here that nowhere in the New Testament are we told that when we're having, you know, physical problems, even Timothy here who had f- frequent stomach ailments, never was he said, you need to just activate the promises of Isaiah 53 by recognizing that you were already healed. That's not actually ever the solution given in Scripture. And so it's clear from other passages where Christians get sick, are told to pray, or to take some medicinal aids in helping them with their ailments, that they're never pointed back, you know, like uh, Kenneth Hagin did, to Isaiah 53 and just claim their healing. So we can see something is seriously wrong here. Pastor Chris Rosebro is our guest. It's This Week in Pop American Christianity. We're looking at Isaiah 53, 5. Is it a blank check for physical healing now? By his stripes, we are healed. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. How do we find real masculinity with Jesus hanging on a cross? The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for April is titled Man Up, The Quest for Masculinity. It's written by regular guest Pastor Jeff Hemmer. You can find out more at issuesetc.org or call Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. Men in all stages of life will appreciate Man Up. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month, Man Up, 1-800-325-3040. Have you been too busy to get your associate's, bachelor's, or master's degree? Concordia University, Wisconsin offers 50 online educational options. 
Find out more at issuesetc.org. Click the Concordia University online logo and enter the program code ISSUES to waive your application fee. Concordia University, Wisconsin is here to strengthen and support the church. Lifelong Lutheran Learning. Issuesetc.org and click Concordia University, Wisconsin online. It's not about you. It's about Jesus for you. You're listening to Issues Etc. There's a dangerous movement in evangelicalism known as the New Apostolic Reformation, and they literally claim that in, well, in the past few decades, God has restored apostles and prophets to the church. Chris Rosebro talking about his presentation at this summer's Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference. In my presentation, I'll be making the case against modern-day apostles and prophets. As part of the presentation, we'll be talking about who's teaching this ecclesiology, the inherent dangers of it, but also what's at the root of it, and that is a false understanding of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can meet and hear Chris Rosebro making the case against modern-day prophets and apostles Friday, June 9th and Saturday, June 10th at the Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference in Collinsville, Illinois. For more information, visit issuesetc.org or call 618-223-8385. The Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Pastor Chris Rosebro is our guest. It's This Week in Pop American Christianity, looking at the claims of some word faith teachers regarding, a lot of them, regarding the passage Isaiah 53, 5, by his stripes we are healed. Before we go on to the, the last piece of audio here, Chris, it strikes me that the argument we have heard here so far, Peter's cross-reference, which is, by his stripes you were healed, and he put so much emphasis on the tense of that verb as he did before, actually argues against Hagen's point. It argues in favor of a different reading or a different understanding of the healing here, as you pointed out before. Right, yeah, because in the context, it's talking about our healing of our relationship, the forgiveness of our sins, our our reconciliation, if you would, with God, which is what Christ won for us on the cross, which is the ulti- ultimately, that's the big healing that we need, because that's where the breach is that has caused all of our pain and suffering, for after all, the wages of sin is death, and that's not just referring to death of our physical bodies, but also what Revelation reveals is is the second death, second death being eternity, uh, separated from the beneficial, if you would, presence of God, and and spending eternity in the lake of fire, which is really just foolishness, because Christ has died for all of our sins. And so the problem here is that what Hagen and other Word of Faith heretics are doing is they're trying to take what is promised to us in eternity, in the new earth, after the resurrection, when Jesus returns in glory to judge the living and the dead and calls us all out of our grave, they're trying to take the eschatological promises of the new earth and pull them in to this present earth, that which we're still all languishing under the curse and the effects of Adam and Eve's sin. And as a result of it, they're making promises for God that God has not made. And so one of the things I tell the members of our congregation, especially if I go to pray with them and they are in the hospital and nearing death, is that, uh, and I, I will say, we will pray for your healing and we understand that God's ultimate answer 
to these prayers is going to be, yes, I will heal you. But that does not mean that he's going to heal you now. And so what I do is I point them to the fact that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, as he, from our pericope from a couple of weeks ago, that he's the resurrection and the life, and everyone who believes in him, even though he die, he will live, and even though, and anyone who is in him who, who dies will never die, actually. Jesus talks in these ways, and so we, you know, we embrace these promises that although we die, we will live, and so we learn, you know, over and again through Scripture that Jesus isn't saving us from the present curse that we find ourselves under, he's saving us through it. And so that's kind of the idea there. So what's the final example you brought here, Chris? Uh, all right, so we're going to kind of hear Kenneth Hagin. You know, at this point, you know, he's got them chomping at the bit and believing this story that he's told with these out-of-context verses. So this is kind of like the closing of the, of the sale, if you would, on this particular doctrine. He went off and told a lie on me. They said that fella Hagen healed a woman, crippled woman down there last night. Never did any such a thing. Jesus healed her 2,000 years ago. She just found out about it. Now, that's the best way to be healed. I said, that's the best way to be healed. Do you know himself took your infirmities and bare your sicknesses? Do you need healing in your body? Are you ready to declare, bless God? You don't have to have, you can't have hands laid on you, but that's lesser faith. Let's meet God up here on a little higher faith. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes. Say that now. By whose stripes? By whose stripes? We, we were, were healed. healed. If, we if we were healed, I was healed. If I was healed, I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. All right, Chris, you got just a minute to respond. So you, you got everyone whooping, whooping and hollering. The problem is somebody there with terminal cancer whom God has foreordained before the foundations of the earth that their days are coming to an end. Them believing this is literally them risking dying outside of the faith because at this point, as they're heading to their grave, they're going to be basically saying, well, I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. Why am I not healed? I must have done something wrong. And so that's where the real danger here is it literally throws somebody onto the rocks and shipwrecks their faith by believing a promise that God has not made because these slick fellows have manipulated God's word to make a promise for God that he hasn't made for this life. Chris Rosebro will be making the case against modern-day prophets and apostles at the 2017 Summer Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference. It's the premier conference for Christian laity. For more information, call 618-223-8385 or visit issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 9th and 10th in Collinsville, Illinois. Chris Rosebro is pastor of Consfinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota, and host of a daily internet talk show called Fighting for the Faith. Chris, thank you very much. Thank you, Todd. In Hour 2 of Issues Etc., we're going to be looking forward to both Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Dr. Carl Fikentcher will be our guest, professor of pastoral ministry and missions at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Looking forward to Sunday morning, including Good Friday, right after this. 
Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. The Grace of God, the Church's Music, the Lord's Supper every service every Sunday, preaching Christ crucified and risen, our hope for years to come, there is hope in St. Louis, Hope Lutheran Church, that is. 5218 Neosho Street, St. Louis, Missouri. Find us on the web at hopelutheranstl.org. Do you dread going to work out? Performance Fitness in Edwardsville offers a fun, supportive, tight-knit community and environment. Visit them on the web at performancefitness618.com or call 618-692-5063. Performance Fitness is the facility in the St. Louis Metro East where the focus is on member results, not membership numbers. 618-692-5063 or performancefitness618.com. Performance Fitness of Edwardsville.